0: You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's a member of our team with this week's message.
1: I want to start off with a quick question. Who likes questions? So a few, a few, okay. I'm going to start off with another question. How many of you woke up this morning, or this week, let's not do this morning, it's Sunday. How many of you woke up this week and said... I can't wait to boss some people around anybody (laughs) a few of you Kurt yeah I know Anita really enjoyed that one all right let's do the flip side how many of you woke up this morning or this week and said I really am not looking forward to being bossed around anybody anybody got a bad boss you don't have to raise your hand all right so so what I want to talk to you today on is the gift of administration but Everybody always thinks administration is just this bossing around mentality, right? Gosh, i got to be around a boss. i got to do this. i got to do that. Life sucks. Uh, you know, like it's always something that I've got to do this that I don't want to do, things like that. There's so much more to administration. But I did want to address your bad bosses first. So how many know Bill Lumberg? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody knows Bill Lumberg. Well, I'm going to help you out with knowing who Bill Lumberg is. So if you've ever seen the movie Office Space, the key boss is Bill Lumberg. And he's your typical standard boss that everybody dreads to see, everybody hates to work for, because he has a few things that he never does. The first one is he never listens. How many of you work for a boss that never listens? Okay, so so, so now we're getting a little bit real, okay? How many of you work for a guy who, when you talk, always talks over you? It's his way or the highway, or her way or the highway. We're not going to leave the ladies out on this. We're not going to be sexist today, okay? All right? So let's find out who Bill Lumberg is. And I want you to think about yourself as the guy sitting down. I guess I'm getting too far over. Let's go ahead, Kevin.
0: I, I don't care if they lay me off either because I told, I told Bill that if they move my desk one more time, then, then, I, then I'm quitting. I'm going to quit. And, and I told Dom too because they've moved my desk four times already this year, and I used to be over by the window, and I could see the squirrels. And they were married, but then they switched. C. Hi, Milton. But What's I, happening? I was th- said,
1: Mel, th- we're going to need to go ahead and move you downstairs into storage B. No. We uh, have, have some have new people coming it, in, and no, we need all the it, space we can get. But
0: there's no space. So if you
1: could it, just go ahead and it, pack up your it, stuff it, and move it down there, but,
0: no, that would be but, terrific. I, I, I would. Okay. I could stay. It, excuse me. Yeah, I, I believe you have my stapler. Mm.
1: Milton. Yes. What's happening? I wanted to Say, you, pick- Milton. You know it would be great. Wait, no. Since you're down here, it would be really great if you could just sort of take care oh. of the cockroach problem we've been having in here. No,
0: that's really not my job, and I, I haven't received my so bill. So For now, no, why don't you go ahead and get yourself a flashlight and a can of pesticide and excuse me, excuse me. But, okay, but that's the last straw.
1: <laughs> How many of you had a last straw moment, right? Because you're working for a guy like Bill Lumberg, a guy who doesn't hear you, somebody who, who doesn't want to be a part of what you got going on and wants you to do everything else but your job. We've all worked for a Bill Lumberg at some point, or at least I think you have. I would, if you haven't, man, you're blessed. Yes. All right, you are a blessed individual if you've never worked for a Bill Lumberg. But Bill Lumberg is everything that's wrong. With the administration gift everything that's wrong with the administration gift and and before we really dive into administration i want to pray right here but i want you guys to open your heart to to hear what i believe god's put on my heart today and, and look this challenged me in a pretty deep way myself and uh you'll you'll see i believe you'll see how it's challenged me so let's pray god thank you for who you are in in my life today god thank you for this opportunity to be with these beautiful people god i just pray that your anointing is here, God, that it connects with people, that your wording connects with people in a deeper way, and, God, that we grow from this today. And, God, we take these words and we apply them to our life today, not tomorrow, not this week, today. And we love you and we praise you. Amen. Amen. So what we've been doing in the sermon series is we've been, we've been talking about the gifts. All right? and so. If you haven't done your gifts, you need to go to church2011.com slash test right now. Feel free to take out your phone and do that, whether you're with us on Facebook or you're with us right here in the room today. Take out your phone and go to church2011.com slash test. And so the whole concept, the whole idea behind doing this particular sermon series is for you to better understand your gift, your calling. But it's not just that. It's also for you to put it into action, Right. We have to have action steps. It's good to know where we're at, but we need to also take steps to go where we need to go. So we're going to do a quick review, and I'm going to let you guys kind of poke fun at me a little bit. All right? So up here, I've got my test scores and how they came back. And so some of you might look familiar. uh, Some of you might be way different. But you guys who know me know what I scored the lowest in before you ever (laughs) saw this test. And you can see Mercy's up there at a big negative three. Big negative three. So why am I showing you guys this? I'm showing you guys this because I have areas in my life I need to grow in. Okay? I have areas in my life that I need to take the next step in. Just because I'm on staff or just because I play up here on the stage and I get to do things like this doesn't mean I have it all together. I have to grow. I have to look at where my life is and I have to take steps to get to where I want to go and where God wants to take me. So that's where I believe the gift of administration comes into play. I believe that the gift of administration takes every gift and rounds it out because guess what? I might be in a situation, I have a team of about 52 guys that report to me day in and day out and these guys, sometimes life's hitting them, right? So I have to be willing to hear them out. I have to be willing to give of my time. I have to be willing to take action sometimes when those guys call in to work. That might be why I'm negative three in that category, right? So, There's things that I have to do every single day in my role in life that uh, all of these gifts are applied to. But as everyone who's been up on this stage has told you, we all have to grow and raise our level, okay? So I want you to think about it this way. Think about it this way. So here's my floor, okay? My floor is my bare bottom. So on my worst day, I'm here. Okay. I don't have it together on this day and I'm here. My ceiling is when I'm functioning exactly where God's called me to be, exactly in the task I'm supposed to be in, and I'm executing at a high level. What we want to do as Christians is we want to raise our floor, right? Cuz so the higher we are, the the better it is, right? The better we can connect with people, the better we can lead people, and things that that go like that. So, if we're thinking about administration, that's why administration is so critical we want to raise our floor we want to raise our floor so I clearly know where I need to grow in but I don't know where you need to grow in some of you may need to grow in administration some of you may need to grow in teaching some of you may need to grow in encouragement or helping okay some of you may need to grow in mercy like me and welcome to the party right so moving forward what I want you to know what I want you to get out of today the main point I want you to understand is the way that you administer your life is critical to the mission of Christ it's critical. And here's why it's critical. It, it's critical because not only does your organization impact your life, it also directs the people around you. And when you go in day in and day out and you're not organized and you're not understanding the, administration, the administrative gift, things tend to fall apart. And so if we define administration, though, the first thing that pops up with defining administration is the gift of leadership. And that's what most of us probably think, right? Somebody in a place of authority, somebody over us. The second part of the definition of administration is coming from a place of authority. So we kind of nailed those two. The third part of the definition of administration is taking the action of dispensing, giving, or applying. So administration is not just this, hey, he's the boss, she's the boss, it stops here. There's a lot of things in our life that we can take from the gift of administration and apply don't believe me? Let's look at some examples of administrative tasks. The first one, if you're married and you're not budget planning, that's a bad fault on you, right? You've got to be budget planning. The next one, corrective action. How many of you got kids? You got kids. Okay. Nobody has kids. All right. No hand went up. All right. So me and Jamie are the only parents in here today. Cool. So I can tell you right now, uh, we have corrective action all the time in our house. And Jamie's Usually the one doing it, I like to be the fun guy. You know, let the mom be the bad guy, right? But, but we have corrective action all the time. The next one is direction, if I'm not mistaken, direction. So direction, right? We need to know where we're going in life. So if, for those of you that don't have kids, you don't understand this. Me and Jamie are going to let Amy Kate drive us to lunch today. It's going to go really well because she knows exactly where we're going, right? She's got perfect direction. She knows where she's going. No, it's not. It's not going to go well at all. We're going to be out here in the ditch. Probably won't even get out of the parking lot. Okay, another example of an administrative task, goal planning. I'm a big believer in goals. I believe in it. Whether you're this, this tall or you're this tall, it doesn't matter. No matter where you're at in life, you should have goals. It's a, it's a, it's a big thing. Here's another, another one of administrative tasks, negotiation. If you're married, you know negotiation is an administrative task. <laughs> the reality is you guys this week probably woke up, and instead of saying, I can't wait to boss somebody around or I dread... Bossing somebody around you probably said what can I negotiate today to get what I want <laughs> Right? how many of you wanted uh, your wife to cook you a, a nice dinner this week And you took the trash out first thing in the morning so she could brag on you a little bit right? You know there's there's things don't act like you guys don't do it. No, I'm not the only one up here, okay? The next one the next one partner management that goes right in line with negotiation if you're married partner Management is real life. It happens every day And if you don't have that in order, your day is probably not going very well, right? All the husbands, wives? Okay, some of you. All right. Again, let's go to the next part. Prioritization. Your priorities have to be in line, right? If if you're a dad and you say, I'm not going to spend time with the kids, one, you're dealing with your wife, two, you're missing out with your kids, and three, it's just not going to be a good night. It's not going to be a good time, right? All you wives are being super quiet right now. I mean, I'm roasting the guys and you guys are just keeping your mouth shut. David, I know, I know you need this today. Angela, yeah, you're with me? Okay, all right, next one, next one, here we go. Quality control. Look, you might think quality control is only about business, it's not. You know why? Because, say I do all of this this sweet stuff for Jamie, she gets the day off, she gets to go uh, to the spa, and I decide I'm gonna cook dinner, all right? And and I get the meat out, I'm, I'm getting everything ready, and I forget the salt, I forget the pepper, I forget the oil, and I just throw it in the oven, and it tastes like dirt, right? That's not good quality control, right? There's a reason why we have recipes. Follow the recipe. That's your quality control. Next part, scheduling. All you moms should be standing up, jumping up and down right now because dads are probably not helping you with your schedule, right? Especially with the kids, right? Dad says, hey, just let me know. When I need to be there, I'll be there. (laughs) At least that's what I do. Okay, so hey, babe, let me know, and I'll make sure my schedule's blocked off. Okay, scheduling is an example of administrative task, and the last one is training. And this morning, I did not plan this, this just happened. This morning, I get up, I get the girls up, Emmy, Kate's already up, it's 6.30 this morning having a good time, and I look in the bathroom, and there's <laughs> toilet paper all over the floor. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what's going on? And so we're potty training Emmy, Kate at night, right? And so she got her pull-up off and there's, there's toilet paper on the floor. I'm like, Amy Kate, why did you do that? Why did you do that? She goes, there's poo-poo in the floor. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, are you okay? Are you okay? And I go in there and sure enough, there was poo-poo in the floor. So I cannot make this up. This happened this morning, but training is a very administrative task. So, so the whole point is... Just because you don't have a boss title, just because you're not an executive in your company, doesn't mean that you don't deal with administrative tasks day in and day out, okay? So, with that, I want to I say this. We're all leaders whether we choose to believe it or not. And how we live our life matters. doesn't matter if you have 52 employees, you have 5,000 employees, okay? doesn't matter if you have two little kids, you have no kids. How you live your life matters. And the reason why it matters is because the way that you organize your life could be the difference in someone knowing and having a personal relationship with God. So, if, we've, if we sit here and we've had some fun with the administrative task, and we, we've clearly identified administration and, and gave the meaning, what, what person can we look to in the Bible as a great administrator? Somebody that we can get a lot of encouragement from. I want to use Daniel, and if you've been a Christian any length of time in your life, you've heard of Daniel in the Lion's Den, which is Daniel chapter 6, but I want to look at it a little bit different perspective today, and if you're new to Christianity, welcome to the party, all right, it's a lot of fun, so you're going to get to hear this for the first time probably, so Daniel chapter 6, wow, got really loud right there, so Daniel chapter 6, so Daniel is part of... King Darius's administration, all right? So, King Darius, if any of you are history buffs like me, I, I listened to a six-hour podcast on uh, the Persian Empire the other day, and it was awesome. But you guys may not enjoy that. Uh, thank God for long flights, right? So, uh, part, of, part of the thing with the Persian Empire is the Persians, when they conquered a group of people, they preferred to negotiate. They didn't prefer to come in and, and rain down hellfire and, and, and kill everybody, okay? They, they liked to negotiate. They saw people as a resource and as an ally. And so, with this whole thing, Daniel is serving in the Persian Empire. Now, I don't know if you know this, but Daniel is Jewish, okay? So, he's part of the nation of Israel. And so, he has come into authority because he's done things a certain way his entire life, and God's gave him favor. And so, in Daniel 6, <clears throat> he's essentially come up to run a third of the kingdom essentially, for all of Persia, directly under Darius. And so, he has all these figureheads underneath him, called satraps and things like that. Bunch of lingo for politicians. We, we call them senators, right? So, uh, so these, guys, these guys are underneath him, and they decide they want Daniel's seat next to the king. And they're going to figure out how to get him out. And so, they become jealous of who Daniel is, and what's going on in Daniel's life. Well, the cool thing, if you read chapter 6, and, and all the scriptures are linked on the sermon notes, so you guys can go back and read all of this chapter this week, but I really don't have time today to read it. But in Daniel chapter 6, the first part of it, they are jealous, and you can tell that they're jealous. And so they lay out this plan to try to ensnare him, but the cool thing is they could find no corruption in Daniel. So they, they set out, they're trying to figure out how to, how to take Daniel out, and they can't figure it out. They can't figure out what to do. They can't because there was no corruption in him, so they pivot, and they say, you know what, there is one thing Daniel does do, and that's he he believes in his God, he lives it out, we know he does, so what did they do, they developed a scheme to attack his faith, but when this scheme got unveiled, it's along the lines of nobody in the entire kingdom could pray to their God at all, all right, and that's how this scheme is kind of unveiled, and Darius signs it into legislation. It's done. Well, what did Daniel do? He'd done what he always done. He went to his prayer closet, went to his house, faced Jerusalem, and he prayed three times a day. Well, they knew he would do this because they were there, and they called him out on it. Well, what did they do? Once, it, once they called him out on it, what happened? They ran back to Darius, and they said, "Hey, Daniel was praying to his God. You just signed this in into legislation that nobody can pray to their God except but to you and so Darius who loves Daniel is like oh no what have I done well he can't get out of it it's already signed it's already in the legislation so Daniel is essentially pulled in by Darius and thrown into a den of lions but the cool thing about the den of lions before Daniel ever gets there is Darius says to Daniel may the God whom you continually serve rescue you from the den of lions so Daniel didn't even have to pray his own prayer when he got through into the den of lions. Okay, so, so hang, just stick with me here, all right? And so Daniel is, is thrown into this den of lions. The king is worried all night, all night, all night. The crack of dawn, the king runs out there to see if Daniel's still alive. And what does Daniel say? Long live the king. It's essentially long live the king. You can re- read it, HCSB version. Long live the king talking to Darius. And what did Darius do? Darius went from there and issued a decree that the entire nation of Persia would worship Daniel's God. And what happened? Daniel prospered. So if we if we look at Daniel 6 and we understand that that Daniel was thrown into this den of lions and <clears throat> how does that tie into administration? The, the thing I want to tell you and the thing I want to I want to make sure you know, Daniel would not be in the position that he was in had he not been faithful where he was at, okay? So Daniel had a reason why he got elevated. Daniel had a reason why he became an administrator over all these people, people that didn't even believe the same way that he believed, okay? So what did Daniel do? What did Daniel do that allowed him to get to this point? Well, in Daniel 1, verse 8, the book of Daniel starts off and it tells us that Daniel lived with a purposed heart. He lived with a purposed heart. So what does does living with a purposed heart mean? It means I know where I'm going. Right? It It means I'm confident in who I am. Well, that's what the whole point of this sermon series is, right? It's for you guys to know who you are, understand your gift, and know where you're going. So the first thing we have to do is we have to live with a purposed heart. But That's why it's so critical that we understand organization. That's why it's so critical that we understand administration. And before I dive into all of the applying, I want to read this decree. Go back one for me, Kevin. This is what the king says at the end of Daniel, chapter 6. Then King Darius wrote to all the nations. This is not Daniel writing this. This is the king, okay? Then King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language of all the earth, May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. So, The king, after he comes out, issues this decree. The king. Daniel didn't have to talk about God. The king talked about God. And guess what happened? (laughs) Daniel prospered, and he's able to lead these people. He's able to have an impact on them greater than he ever would have had before. Because God used Daniel and his faithfulness, his organization, his ability to understand administration, and he used it to open the king's eyes. That there was more to life than just living for yourself. And that's the point of the gift of administration. The gift of administration is not self-serving. It's not. The gift of administration is the ability to connect people and allow them to take the next step in their life. Whether it's in their career, whether it's in their spiritual walk, it doesn't matter. That's what the gift of administration is all about. And so if we're taking what Daniel has done and we're taking his life, and we're looking at the way that we can apply those things to our life. Again, the first part would be living with a purpose heart. Living with purpose. We know our purpose, okay? The second part, the second part would be the little things matter. See, in Daniel 6.10, before Daniel's thrown into the lion's den, what happened? He went and did what he always did. He went back and he prayed. He prayed in his room with the doors open to Jerusalem. Three times a day, just like he always had. The little things matter. But when he got through into the den of the lines, guess what? He didn't sweat the big stuff. He already knew that God was going to take care of him because he had already been preparing. See, your prayer room, your prayer closet, your, your, your place where you go to connect one-on-one with God is absolutely important for your life and for your spiritual walk with God. And the reason why is because it prepares you for moments like this. You know, look. If we if we think about the symbolism of the lions den, we've all had a lions den moment, right? One one of my lions den moments was uh, when, Emmy Kate, uh, she was it was in December, uh, as she was seven months old, she fell and she cracked her skull. That was a lions den moment for me. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do other than pray and believe she was going to be fine. They admitted her the next day. We got to go home. No big deal. And look, things things are going to happen in your life that you're not prepared for, okay? But that's why the little things matter. That's why studying day in and day out matter. That's why spending time in prayer day in and day out matters. That's why being around other believers each week, day in and day out maybe for some of you, matter, okay? Some of you come up and you got a group up here that you meet for your grow group. That matters. It matters, okay? And those of you that don't, Maybe you need to look and say, it's time to make something like that start mattering in my life. And I heard this quote this week. I, I couldn't resist. It's not what it, it's not the end, Kevin. But this quote, <clears throat> I saw it on Friday, and it was Craig Rochelle, and he was talking about the grass being greener. And he said, he said, if if you think the grass might be greener on the other side, maybe it's time to start watering your own your own grass. So that's what the gift of administration is, guys. It's you watering your own grass. You doing the little things that matter. Taking time. <clears throat> taking, sorry, I've, I've been sick this week, so I'm sorry. It's, I know it sounds like I'm about to cry. Micah's ready to make fun of me. But uh, I'm, I'm sorry about that. But you, listen, you're, you have an opportunity day in and day out to change where you're going. The little things matter in life. If you're not happy with where you're at, guess whose fault it is? It's your own fault. It's your own fault. If you're not happy with your spiritual walk, guess whose fault it is? It's your own fault. Okay? And listen, I'm not I'm not here to I'm not here to to, to fight anybody or, or to get up in your grill. The reality is the things you can control, you have to control. And that's why the gift of administration matters. It's why it matters. And so my challenge to you, my challenge to you today, get what you need to get in line for this week. Okay? If you don't have if you don't have study time scheduled on your calendar, schedule it as soon as you leave here. All right? If you don't have prayer time scheduled on your calendar, schedule it. Day in and day out. I'm telling you, it will it will make the biggest difference in your life if you just take five minutes. You put it on your calendar, you say, This is my prayer time, I'm not gonna be disturbed for five, ten minutes, whatever it is, and I'm telling you right now, you'll start seeing things happen in your life that You've not seen happen before and if you do the same thing with your study time you will start seeing the same type of things and you'll see your walk start growing and what happens when you start growing you have more opportunities okay so if you tie this into your work life if you're doing really well in your job you're probably going to get more opportunities you're going to get opportunities to move up right because you're the little things matter right the, the little things that you do day in and day out matter so Let's tie that into our spiritual walk. Let's tie it into our walk with God. And let's have the little things matter.
0: Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.